The impact of trauma and neglect during childhood goes far deeper than just mental illness. It delves into an area of a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowledge in how to do things, a lack of knowledge in how the world works, and a lack of knowledge in who and what you are. In this episode, I share my experiences of how I've learnt to identify those lacks of knowledge, as well as how I'm overcoming them. In addition, I also share a chapter of my book, How to Get Your Shit Together, called Learn How to Learn. Because once you've identified a lack of knowledge in something, you have to know how to learn and overcome that lack. So, you'll enjoy the talk, you'll enjoy the book, and I'll put the time timestamp in, so if you want to skip straight to the book chapter, you can. So one of the things that is constantly coming back in my life that I see over and over and over again is just a distinct feeling of, I wasn't taught that, I didn't know that, I was unaware. I put this feeling back to a neglectful, traumatic childhood. Let me explain. There, my father was very absent. And due to that, there's a lot of stuff that ideally I could have been told or should have been told, but just wasn't. And what this leads to is me constantly discovering things that I'm just unaware of. Me constantly discovering things that I just didn't didn't know I even needed to know or didn't even know existed. Like a cliche example is how to shave. No one taught me. I sort of just shambled together and figured it, figured it out. Now, it was only until I saw a friend of mine helping her son shave his head did I realize that you could get maybe four times the efficiency out of a razor. Now, this is just a very small example, but it sort of highlights the fact that had I've been shown that, that knowledge would already be sort of in my brain. Now, something like a shaving thing is innocuous and it's very easy to remedy. Because it's like, okay, I need to shave, I can look it up, it's not hard. The The real issue that I'm finding, repeatedly finding, is one of like a core sense of self, self-efficacy. To know that, you know, what I'm wanting to do is okay. To know that I should pursue my dreams. To know that I should take action. To know that I should work for what I want. And I put this down to a neglectful past from my father because... There was no, I'll, re, I'll rephrase actually, I only ever received one word of encouragement and this was following a black belt grading for a martial art, not in person, but he wrote it in his diary, which I discovered after he passed away. So I, I don't remember any words of encouragement from him. I don't remember it being told to go for it, to try, to sort of how to overcome failure, to all of that sort of stuff. It extends to sort of knowledge of around the house, of keeping the house clean, of doing sort of house duties, for example, handyman work, a whole bunch of stuff. Now, I'm sharing this with you not to gain sympathy or anything like that. It's more to, to highlight the fact that if you had a less than ideal upbringing, there will be gaps in your knowledge. I mean, hell, even if you had an ideal upbringing, there will still be gaps in your knowledge. But for those of you that are listening that have had, you know, issues with one or both parents or mental illness or addiction or anything like that, there will be things that you don't know. And and those can be remedied because you can look at them up and you can learn. The real issue is, is what don't you know that you don't know? 
Yeah. And I'm constantly discovering these things over and over and over again. So how how am I dealing with it? The first thing is is it's become just a like a monthly thing that's like, oh, and here's another thing that I've discovered. So I've sort of come to accept it. I've come to accept that I will be forever discovering things that ideally I should have been told. So what do I do with that information? Well, now when I discover it, I take action to remedy it. So for example, handyman stuff. If I have to hire someone, I'll now watch them fix the thing so I can learn it, right? Or I will research it online. All of those sort of things that you can do. The more important one, though, is when I recognize a character deficiency, a personality deficiency, something that I need to improve upon, I take every effort to to fix it. So my father was terribly undisciplined. He was constantly stoned. The house was a mess. And he, you know, in, in the later parts of his life, got nothing done. He just sat on his couch, got high, had some coffee, and produced art scarcely. So he was a, he had a lack of discipline. Now I looked at that and go, well, man, I need to add discipline to my life. So what can I do? So then I discovered Jocko Willink, his podcast, his books, and that sort of stuff. If you haven't, get on board because he's incredible. Now, I listened to 100 to 150 of his podcasts and read his books a couple of times and all of this sort of stuff. I'm, I'm right on the bandwagon. Why? Because I know, I just know that Adding discipline to my life is something that I didn't have, and if I couldn't get it from my father, I'll get it from some other source. Now, Jocko is the most disciplined person that I've ever come across. So using his podcast as a way to get that knowledge into my brain has been vital. I credit that with changing my life. One of the many things, but it's it's it was pivotal, that discovery. But the question is, is how do you discover what you need you know do you need discipline if so go there but what if you need to add some more fun or more joy or more spontaneity or creativity or you know pick any other attribute what can you do the first step is to work out how you can work that out so meditation contemplation and watching what other people do easily that you struggle with what do you struggle to do that other people just seem to be able to do so you know, for, for example, if you're struggling with confidence and you see people that are confident, you should take their advice or at least watch what they do and mimic it until it starts working for you. Side note, if you're after a confidence boost, I've re- just released a Skillshare course on growing your confidence. It is a very, it covers the conf- building confidence in the physical realm, the social realm, the intellectual realm, the financial realm, and the spiritual realm. I will put a link down below on Skillshare. You get two months free access. So head over, check it out. Two months free access on me and you can cancel before you pay. So get that confidence boost. The point is, is if you recognize that you are struggling in an area that other people find easy, take action to follow what they're doing or if you can, ask their advice. If they're an online personality, listen to their podcast, read their books, etc. It really comes down to getting self-aware, to meditating, to introspecting, and to looking at what's going on. If you've come from a childhood like mine, you will have that issue, you will have that struggle. It's something that you just have to accept. That's the other other part of this that's that's quite 
challenging, at least initially, is is working out to just, you've just got to accept that the past is the past. I share this with you, like I said, not for sympathy, but to demonstrate a point. Now, no matter what happened in my past, no matter the trauma, the neglect, the abuse, all of the sort of stuff that I faced, it's on me now to deal with it. I'm 31. My childhood happened years ago. So there's no point blaming my father or the other people in my past because I'm the one that's left to pick up the mess. Now, that's not to say that I won't talk about it and discuss it and write about it and speak to my therapist about it and all that sort of stuff and sort of break it down and sort of process it and all that. But ultimately, I'm the one that's going to have to pull myself out of there. I can't sit there going, oh, dad, you didn't teach me to how to, you know, drill a hole in the in the wall, right? And then just never be able to drill a hole. I have to learn that skill. You didn't teach me how to shave. I have to learn that skill. You didn't teach me discipline. I have to learn that, right? It's on me. Similarly, if you're facing issues that is caused by something in your past, it's on you. It sucks. It's terrible. But you have to fix that problem, no matter what that problem is. And, you know, like, this isn't to say that it's not their fault. It might be, you know, someone's fault, but it's still your responsibility to fix this. I, probably my most popular blog post, the, the one that, that, that gets consistently the most traffic is called The Hardest Truth of Childhood Trauma. And basically the answer is that it's not your your fault, but it's your responsibility to get better. I'll chuck a link down below for that one as well if you want to have a read. But it's, it's a little bit controversial because people are like, oh, are you, you know, victim blaming, all that sort of stuff? No, not victim blaming in any sense. But if something has happened to you now or in the past or any time, you can blame other people and you might even get some recompense, some money, some apologies, whatever out of them. But you still have to fix yourself. You still have to pull yourself up. It's like if someone pushes you down to the ground, right? You might be waiting forever for them to help you back up. You have to get back up. You have to keep moving. And if you don't move on from that, you're just going to be stuck in that quagmire of the past. So with this in mind, if you've had a troubled childhood, if you have had traumatic past, if you've been neglected, there'll be a gap of knowledge that you just don't realize that you don't know. So with that in mind, I'm going to share with you a chapter of my book, How to Get Your Shit Together. This chapter is called Learn How to Learn. And the idea is, is that of this chapter is to show you the, the background understanding that there, there are different ways to learn and that your learning shouldn't stop in high school. And if there's something you want to learn, either to self-improve yourself, like I've discussed in this episode, or to just gain a new skill or a technical capacity for work or hobbies or hustle or whatever, you need to work out how you learn, okay? And side note, your learning shouldn't stop at school, okay? Pick a book up, read it, get a podcast going, all of that sort of stuff. So because obviously because you're listening to this, you're already on the wag, on the bandwagon, so learn how to learn. I'll play that chapter soon. I just want to remind you, everything I'm doing is online and out there for free, the idea being that I want to put this this information out there in a way that it is affordable, i.e. if you were if if you were like me and you left home at 15, you wouldn't have been able to afford this sort of stuff. The information that I've got would have helped me back then. So I want to provide it the same sort of help to people in my situation. That being said, if you are in a position and you want to support what I'm doing, there's a couple of ways. You can choose if you like to buy a grab a buy a copy of the book or any of the books I've got. They're available as paperback, ebooks, and audiobooks, and that way you can get access to all the chapters straight away. But the best way you can support what I'm doing here financially is by becoming a Patreon. 
Why? Well, Patreon is basically, it's it's small monthly contributions on your end that hopefully won't won't impact you too much, or at all, ideally, obviously. And, but collectively put together, it'll make a massive difference on my end. The idea being is that I can see how much money's coming in so that I know how much time I can then dedicate to all my online work, the blogs, the books, the podcasts, the, the videos, the articles, all of the stuff I'm doing. It takes a lot of time. It's a passion project. I'm going to keep doing it. But if you are in a position, if you can support what I'm doing here, it would be much, much, much appreciated. So head over to Patreon. Sign up for whatever you can afford. Thank you so much for those that are already doing that. I can't stress that enough. So without further ado, here's the chapter, Learn How to Learn from How to Get Your Shit Together. Chapter 4.2, Learn How to Learn. Learning how to learn is life's most important skill. Tony Bazan. I don't know what your goals are, what you already know, what you want to know, or what you will need to know in the future. Realistically, I don't really even know that for myself. Goals, desires, life circumstances can and will change. The only real certainty is that the process of learning new skills, knowledge, and concepts will be lifelong. Learning how to learn, or more specifically, learning how you learn, is one of the most important life skills to develop. In addition to writing, I work as a high school teacher. In this role, I've been exposed to a variety of theories, concepts, and ideas about the learning process. In this chapter... I will give you an overview of those theories, as well as the approaches that I've seen working and not working for the thousands of students that I've taught. Before we delve into this topic, I have to insist that you disentangle the concept of learning with your experience of the education system. The institutions of high school and university are typically designed with the average student in mind. This average student is in fact an amalgamation of all students in terms of ability, interests, learning styles, competency and career pathways. This student does not exist. It is a fiction that doesn't represent you, nor anyone really. The system is outdated and not designed with the realities of modern life in mind. Almost on a daily basis, I'm asked by students, when will I use this in my life? This question is getting harder and harder to answer, particularly when I reflect on the question and realise that I've never used the information in my life that they're asking about. Sir, have you ever actually used trigonometry? Needed to dissect another work of Shakespeare? Or drawn on your knowledge of the Industrial Revolution? Has knowing about the formation of the different rocks or the order of the planets actually benefited your life? When have you needed to know the anatomy of a frog? My typical response is that while you may or may not use the information, the skills you gain in learning that information will definitely come in handy. The problem is that this concept is far too esoteric and the reward is too distant to motivate many students. This is the reason that there is so much resentment and dissatisfaction with the education system as a whole. To most students, it seems like forced labour. A 13-year sentence in which they are not encouraged or intrinsically motivated to do well, rather just something to survive. The real shame of it all is that a lot of students leave school with a sour taste in their mouths relating to the benefits or need for education itself. 
The purpose of this rant is to let you know that I understand where you are coming from, but please don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Learning, and in particular learning how to learn, is vital if you want any hope of self-improvement. If you know yourself, how you learn, and what you want to learn, you will give yourself a more efficient, thorough, and enjoyable education than any institution could possibly provide you with. You learn best when. 1. You are interested in the topic. The more interested you are in learning about something, the more desire you have to retain it. You will do more and focus much harder on things that interest you compared to the things that bore you. 2. You look at content as deeply as possible. While knowing the what, when and where of a topic is of course important, focusing on why and how of the content provides a lot more depth, nuance and connections. 3. You engage with multiple sources of the same information. People communicate information differently. Therefore, you will learn different aspects of the same information from each of them. For example, if you wanted to learn how to cook Mexican, you could read different cookbooks, speak to your local chef, watch videos online, or even visit Mexico. 4. Your learning is more participative and less passive. Teaching others, discussing and debating, and doing the task are far better ways to learn than listening to a lecture, watching a video, or reading a book. 5. You follow your own learning style. Everybody learns differently. Some are more active than others. Some prefer different methods of consuming information. Experiment to find the approach that works well for you and stick to it. 6. You have set up a learning environment that best suits you. Choose the best location, time of day, and mental state that facilitates your learning. Everyone is different. Experiment and find what works for you. Key learning tips. Don't multitask. Whilst it may seem that you can effectively multitask, you simply can't. In reality, you're basically doing many tasks poorly. When attempting to learn anything, focus on the task at hand. Turn off all technology and put yourself in an environment that minimizes potential distractions. If you're simultaneously studying, watching TV, answering the phone, talking to someone, or checking social media, you're not effectively learning. You won't remember as much, and it will take you longer to get back to focus following each distraction. Seriously, turn off your phone and focus. Go to a library and watch people studying. Notice how little study those that have their phones on them actually do. They check it repeatedly, and by the time they get back to the book, their phone notifies them and they check it again. In this way, two hours of reading time becomes 15 minutes of actually reading and 75 minutes of distraction. Make sure that you know the source of the information. It is important to know who created the resource that you are getting your information from. This way you will know if you can actually trust their work. Given the freedom of creation and distribution that technology has given us, anyone can produce anything. Therefore, it can be hard to know where the information is from and if you can trust the source. If the person has done, or used to do, what I want to know, I trust them. For example, I only take exercise advice from those who have the body, strength, or flexibility that I want to have. If they are not in shape and healthy, I can't help but question the validity of the advice that they are giving. If it worked, and it was possible to implement, they would be doing so, 
and getting the results that they claim their advice can provide. I have a similar approach to everything from taking financial advice, learning to write, recovering from mental health afflictions, learning a language, or even training a dog. I trust the advice of people that can show me the results of their advice. For the more theoretical and conceptual knowledge, always go for peer-reviewed research. This is basically when a bunch of experts in the field sign off on the legitimacy of research, or from someone who is a recognised expert in the field that is endorsed by a large and leading institutions. This isn't saying that I won't learn from other sources. Rather, I want a method to ensure the validity of the information that I'm getting. I will still listen to non-experts. If over time, the information they've provided me with has consistently proved useful, and that they are upfront about their qualifications or lack thereof. But as soon as they delve into topics that are not what they usually cover, I become sceptical about what they're saying. Develop shorthand for taking notes. When taking notes, speed is vital. Unlike in school, your notes are for your eyes only, and you are taking them as a memory tool for later revision. Therefore, make them in the best way for you, because no one else will see them. I take notes whenever I'm being taught something. I always have a book on hand during my martial arts classes, online courses, reading books, or watching a lecture. I'm there to learn, and I want what I'm learning to stick. I like to use abbreviations, summaries, and acronyms to save time when noting down. In addition, I take notes on the stuff I don't already know, because if I already know it, I don't need to waste time recording it down for later revision. I've also found it very beneficial to use highlighters and different coloured pens to focus on the important points and draw connections between concepts. Make sure to revisit the content. Sometimes it takes more than one exposure to information for it to sink in. The more you cover something, the better you will know it. So get exposed to the important information many times in many different ways. Every source will cover it slightly differently and emphasise different points. The wider the breadth of instruction, the deeper your learning will be. Take notes from it all, and then revisit those notes. Talk over the content with a friend, and teach each other to gain a deeper understanding. Learn to speed read. The faster you can read, the more content you can cover. To increase your words per minute, try the following. Don't read each word. Rather, glance and jump. Start by focusing on the third word of the sentence and glance. Then jump to the middle word and glance again. And then jump to the third last word of the sentence and perform another glance. This approach takes practice, but you'll eventually be able to glance and jump three times per line, which is far quicker than reading each and every word individually. You can also use a ruler to highlight the line you're on. This will help you to avoid rereading a line over and over again. If you practice going as fast as possible, over time you will develop your ability to read faster whilst retaining just as much information. Find an appropriate study space. I like to have a space that is just my own, where I can control the environment and prime myself for learning. In my study, I have photos on the wall for inspiration, as well as motivational quotes and personal affirmations. I can control the temperature, as well as lock the door if needed. I even have an essential oil burner with bergamot that helps me to prime my studying activity. Some people don't need a private space and thrive in a busy cafe or street corner. Others prefer a public library. Some people start by listening to a song, 
or by wearing a particular item of clothing. The key is to find a space and a ritual that best suits your own personal style of learning. Trial and error this to see what works best for you. But in general, you want your study area to be free from external distractions, temperature controlled, bright, have fresh airflow, easy access to amenities, the room to be spread out and have a comfortable feel. Use cue cards. Typical candidates for cue cards include anything involving categories, anatomy, language, math, spelling, definitions, names, places, and general facts. How to use cue cards. Take learning a language, for example. On one side of the card, write the English word, and on the other side, write the foreign word. Make a pile of all the words that you want to learn. Take the pile and look at the top word. If you can guess the foreign word easily, place the card in a separate pile. If you struggled, put it in your first pile a few cards down. Eventually, all the cards will end up in your second pile. Shuffle these cards and repeat the process again. This time, the cards you find easy can be discarded into a learnt pile, as you've learnt the word. Keep going with this process until your current stack is empty. Every so often, revisit the learnt stack to ensure that you still remember the words. Pace yourself. There is a debate as to how long you should spend learning a subject in one burst. Some suggest that after 15 minutes you become fatigued and learning stops being effective. People in this camp would suggest a 10 minute break and then transitioning into learning a different subject. Others will advocate the benefit of getting into a groove, suggesting that it takes ages to get in the mindset of a particular topic. So once you're in the zone, you should stay there as long as possible. Find what works for you and be willing to adapt and change what you are doing. Just make sure that with whatever approach you choose, that when you are learning, you are actively learning, minimizing all distractions. The capacity to learn is a gift. The ability to learn is a skill. The willingness to learn is a choice. Brian Herbert Frequently Asked Questions I'm too stupid. I can't learn. Everyone is capable of learning. You just need to practice. It will take time and it won't be easy, at least not at first. But please don't get discouraged. Eventually you will get into the groove of learning and you'll find an approach that best suits you and your personal circumstances. Once that happens, a whole new world will open up to you. I have a learning disability that makes all of this quite hard. While I don't know the specifics of your personal issue, there'll be information out there on how people with your disability can manage and learn new skills. Ask a specialist for advice and look into alternative approaches for learning. Keep trying new approaches and ideas and eventually one will begin to work for you. I struggle to sit still and read. I find it boring and I just want to move my body. One thing I like to do is listen to audiobooks while driving, walking or in the gym. That way I'm still reading the book, but I'm also being physically active. This is particularly useful for books that are tough reads. While you won't take it in as deeply compared to if you were reading the book in physical form, you certainly take in information much more than if you weren't reading it at all. Summary No matter what you want to accomplish in life, one thing is certain. It will require learning. 
Therefore, the skill of learning is one of the most important things to develop. If you know how to learn, every possibility is open to you. So thanks for listening, guys. If you like that chapter, it's out now as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Links are down below. If you want to connect with me, you can do so on my social media, at Zach P. Phillips, and via my website, Zachary-Phillips.com. I love to connect. I love to chat, so feel free to hit me up. Um, if you want to interview me on your podcast or for your blog, let me know. Contact me there. And yeah, if you could uh, chuck a review for this podcast, it helps spread the word. It helps let me know what you're into and it helps just grow the audience and grow the community, all of that sort of stuff. So chuck a review wherever you're listening to this one. Thank you. Catch ya.